everyone, and welcome to this special edition of the Cinematic Schematic. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today things are going to get a little bit steamy up in here. <laughs> in our review of Fifty Shades Freed, that's right, we're continuing our month of twisted screen romances with a review and analysis, question mark, of what <laughs> has been called by the internet mommy porn for the masses and i can't do it alone i'm uh, joined as always uh, by the writer director of the upcoming film you people and the host of the silver screen soliloquies movie review segment of the cinematic schematic laron chapman laron how do you feel i feel a lot of things i feel many things um, this, this movie gets you all it, get it makes hot me and bothered many well <laughs> it makes me feel many things that not those two things though <laughs> <laughs> um and we're joined by a special guest who is making her first appearance on the cinematic schematic chelsea raderman from geek girl features chelsea welcome to hello. the show hello thank you for having me oh no it's a blast we've been talking we've been watching movies together for a long time so it was yeah. like we just had to find the right opportunity and i was really glad that you're, you were seeing this movie. Before we jump in, Chelsea, I want to give uh, our listeners a chance to learn a little bit more about you and what you do and kind of things you're doing online. So tell us a little bit more about Geek Girl Features. All right. So Geek Girl Features is kind of a project I've had that's kind of grown out of... Um, I worked in the newspaper industry, did reviews for them, um, and it's just kind of evolved in that online blog side project. And um, really enjoy going to watch the movies, getting to talk the movies with all the guys. And so that's just where we're at. We just do the reviews. I try to do some little news bits, but uh, time and time gets away from you sometimes. She has lots of fun thoughts on superhero films. She ha- I enjoyed her review of uh, the Justice League, yes. a movie that had very mixed feelings on. So I was glad to see you also had mixed feelings on it. I did. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Look up Geek Girl Features online. Look up Chelsea online, and we'll talk to her a little bit more about her social media presence later. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and jump right into this week's main topic, Fifty Shades Freed. Good morning, wife. Good morning, husband. Don't ask me. Mrs. Gray, look out your window. What you know is true. I'm taking you away for the weekend. I just can't believe this is my life that I get to live with you. Oh, I love your precious heart. That meant nothing to me before you. Fifty Shades Freed, according to the good old IMDb, is a film about <laughs> Anastasia and Christian get married, but Jack Hyde continues to threaten their relationship. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. And then, actually, that's the whole movie. <laughs> that's actually it. That's it, guys. That's... But before we really just you know go to town on this movie I, I i think we might have some i think there's a lot of good things to talk about here uh we'll start with chelsea your relationship with these novels what is it uh, I, I, I'll, I'll i'll tease mine i haven't seen any of these other films before this one but i want to know like i mean what do you ha, have you read them have you seen the other movies like what's your relationship there i have not read the books i have read their source material however the twilight saga that's a thing it is based on the twilight saga so <laughs> terrible um so fan fiction yeah that's right it was fan, fan fiction, fiction. Of Twilight, which is a notoriously not well-written series. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, um, got ha- I didn't read the books. Just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, watched the movies. Pleasantly surprised by the first one. The second one, I really honestly couldn't even tell you. I watched it. That's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you remember that you sat down and it played on the screen. But... Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, LeBron, how about you? I tried to read the first book. Brave Soul. Oh, Brave Soul. But... 
I mean, just the language. I mean, it just it, it feels like a thirteen year old read it. But you know, but I mean, I don't know. It just it's not my it's not my cup of tea. But the first film, I was surprised that I didn't hate it. I will oh. say that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely I wouldn't say that it was a good film. But there was there were things there that were I thought were interesting and worth exploring. Um, now whether they follow through with that in the the sequels, um, we'll talk about. But yep. did they follow through in the second one? Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, there might be something. No. no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I have not seen the other two films. I, I take it's it's actually a little bit of a fudge. I think I've watched. 20 to 30 minutes of the first one when it was on one of the, I think it was HBO, one of the streaming services. I like turned it on because I was like, oh, this will be fun while I write, type or something. Right. Got busy, didn't pay attention at all, and then got done with the thing I was doing. I said, eh, I think I'm going to go <laughs> turn, turn something off. else on and go to something else <laughs> in my life. Not I, even good background. It's <laughs> not. No. It's really it's, not. It's really bad. Let's just talk about the things we liked about the film first. I'm interested to see if you guys think there are any things. I'm, I'm I'm genuine. I have no context for what was going on uh, in this movie, other than that I kind of knew who the characters were vaguely. LeBron, one thing I love about all three of them uh, are the soundtracks. <laughs> I think the music, the soundtracks are great. You know, like they really they're really selling a much better film, um, a much more hip, fun, you know, mm-hmm. modern film. But there's just something about all all three of these movies that feel very st- kind of stale and dated, and at the same time, like it's like they think they're being progressive by trying forcing edge, you know. But <laughs> it's it just all feels forced and false the whole time. But um, so, do I like anything? Uh, I I have to think about it. <laughs> and on the soundtrack note, um, this this series is Academy Award nominated. Oh my god. For the weekend, I forgot oh, first right. song. Wow, first movie, yeah. yes, and Golden Globe nominated. Golden Globe, that. Oscar that nominated was a good song. song, though, man. Yeah, it was a good song. Mm-hmm. Mm, so it, better, it, it promised a better film. But. It did. Just like, I, here's the thing, though. Like the, the the marketing for this movie. So here's the weird thing. I actually thought the marketing was actually pretty clever because the marketing clearly knows what they're selling. Right. right. The marketing knows the concept they're selling. What 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 was it? Uh, uh, get cl- ready for the climax get ready for the climax. Something like. That. I mean, come on. Like that's yeah. like they get the movie. They get they, it. They, they get know it. what it is. And but it's not what, the, but, but the they, movie doesn't know what it is. No. no. That's sad. That's <laughs> it's weird, right? It's a yeah. weird. It's a weird paradox. It doesn't. You know, two competing ideas. You know, but yeah, hmm. um, it's it's a missed opportunity in many ways. I think, but absolutely. Well, Chelsea, things you liked about the film? Anything? Oh, um, Sawyer, like a plus. Great, great <laughs> to see him there. Um, I couldn't. I, I think the actor was on Pretty Little Liars. Not that I watched that TV show. Yeah. So Sawyer was um, an improvement, also. But like, he's like a super like. Christian Grey is this possessive, like, jealous, and he hires this, like, hot stud to protect his new wife. What are you doing, son? No. That's all I've got is Sawyer. Sawyer. Okay. <laughs> all right. So Sawyer's good. Um... Well, I will say, I will say, I don't think Dakota Johnson is a bad actress. I just don't no. think she, this is a, a wholesome. I mean, I don't, think I, this, th- I don't think this is a great character for her. She's not given a lot to really, I mean... I think she's the only one that really knows what's going on. Right. I right, agree. Right. I, I think she's trying really hard to do what she can with the source material, but it's mm-hmm. not it's not enough because the direction and the writing doesn't give her anything. You know what I mean? Like she, she doesn't yeah. have anything to work with. Like here's the thing I, I wa- watching these films, I'm like I'm looking at them and I'm like saying, you know, there is a way for this to be fun. 
but yeah. they, but like they the thing is, they haven't found it. Well, because they're taking it they, like the films themselves are taking themselves seriously. So serious. mm-hmm. But so earnest. But the the premise of them is ridiculous. Right. And the audience, I would say, a lot of audiences yeah. even are aware of how ridiculous it is, and they're just going in to get their fix. Like, right. and I, you know, everyone's got their thing, so that's fine. But it's a bummer that the filmmakers don't do that because I feel like they could appeal to even more people and actually gain some sort of respect by just like taking the absurdity of all this and the bad writing and just playing to that. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there are a lot of other series that have done that mm-hmm. uh, that I think have been successful. Dakota Johnson's a fine actress. Jamie Dornan, Dornan, sorry. What a- I, his accent was obnoxious, by yeah, the way. It, it's kind of it was in and out there several yeah. times. Yeah, because he's like he has a pretty heavy Irish accent. I yeah. could tell. When you I mean, see him in interviews. That's yeah. interesting because uh, did, did you guys notice that at all? His accent was slipping like consistently throughout the movie, yeah. and I was like, it was I, at first. I was like, forced oh. American accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, so I mean. I think you should just go full Irish. I mean, that's a lot more attractive to the ladies, right? Yep. Or the dudes. Give him that one. It'd piss off some readers, but maybe he'd feel more natural. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I didn't get to mention I mentioned things I like. Uh, you know, Jamie Dornan's uh, abs. We see those, uh, but you know, really, I concur. We, you that know, we only bad. see those a couple of times. Uh, Dakota Fanning's not. Mm-hmm. She's easy on the eyes. Very beautiful lady. So yeah, uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. that's I, I. I'm not. I hate to be that shallow, but that's like the only thing. The whole movie is about that thing. I'm like, well, they picked yeah. a couple of very attractive and a- very attractive actors actress mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's, it's not shallow yeah. clearly it's the only thing I took away from it yeah <laughs> I mean hey hey man Dakota Johnson not messing around so things we didn't like uh, everything else everything <laughs> yeah, literally everything, everything else. else and this is where the oh. podcast starts this is where the <laughs> podcast really starts um, I, I don't even know where to start guys so can I give you I, I want to give my my understanding of what I watched okay and you guys talk me through it and then add your own take on on your thoughts on it sure so my I know that these are erotic fiction novels. I know the premise and the idea, right? So I get that. But I'm watching it expecting there to be enough story to make this like co- coherent and cohesive so that it feels like a movie, not, you know, a music video. A music video or, or porn, porn. I was just going to say it, porn, right, right. So I'm sitting here watching, I'm like, "Okay, well there's a okay, they're getting married. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Sex. Okay, cool. Now we're doing some fun stuff." Sex. Sex. All right. Okay. Now they're back home. <laughs> oh, it, it, it reminds them. Now at their home, it reminds them they love each other and sex. sex. Uh, and then he's got to go to work. She's got to go back to work. When she gets to work, she thinks about them. So the first thing she does when she gets back home, sex. Yeah. So breaking this film down, I was like, hmm. So it's a v- series of vignettes of sex strung together very loosely with things resembling a plot, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And back in my day... Uh, you know, when the internet was a new up and comer thing, we called that porn, right? Softcore porn. Softcore porn. porn. No, no, it's, it's, it's softcore. It's not super hard, but right. I'm just like I, I, I'm, I know that's like the stereotype, and I don't want to like uh, insult fans or anything, but I, I'm like I'm trying to be really objective, just looking at how the film is structured and how it plays, and I'm like, there's not really much of a story here. Yeah, there's really not. There's a re- little bit of a revenge thing about halfway through that shows up, and you're like, oh. Okay. That's there's, there's, here's where the conflict comes in halfway through the movie, which is, <laughs> which by the way, it's over halfway through the movie before the conflict shows up. Right. Which is super strange because of the whole source material issue. With this is essentially the whole third act of the Twilight book. <laughs> oh yes, Chelsea, please elaborate on this because you you explained uh, before the movie you're like, hey, uh, so this whole the whole trilogy is actually the same plot as the first Twilight book. Right. Right. And that's so. So you know, we've had Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades Darker, Fifty Shades Free. They are all happening within the plot line of the very first like 350 400 page twilight novel that's it 
Wow. So this is a, a this is really just literally a fanfic that mm-hmm. uses the same plot structure as Twilight, but sexier. This Maybe. is a twisted romance. Twisted romance. <laughs> because and, and this is this is where it gets to my other thing. And and I, I really want to hear your take too. So again, I'm all for women having their thing. I'm, I'm in fact I see it as a form of empowerment that I think I think is very necessary for society and I'm great and I'm super fired up about that, right? But the thing is it's not even like it doesn't even feel like porn for women, like it because it's very, it's really male gazy. Like the things mm-hmm. that oogles is her is. body. Yeah. You don't ever, you don't ever get any shots of the dude's crotch. You get to see his abs and his and his butt, but like it's, it, yeah. Like there's not, it's very, it's the way it holds her camera on the on the breasts, on the ass, you know, mm-hmm. on the, on her butt, like you yeah. know, all that stuff. And the way it, like the slow pans, I'm like, wait. I mean, I thought this, if it was for women, my thought would be it would be more like Magic Mike, where we're oogling the guys, mm-hmm. right? So that's where I'm, I'm really. Kind of confused. So, what do you, Chelsea? What I mean, what do you think of this? I mean, that's pretty much it's it's mommy porn from the male gaze, which is defeats the purpose of being mommy porn, right? I mean, yeah. that's what they fill it as mommy porn for the masses. I think is what we we called it. But right. why? I mean, this. I mean, honestly, if we want to have romantic plotline things you know we'll watch outlander we don't need to watch the stuff to fire <laughs> right 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 <laughs> there's, there's like there's, there's better there's better movies out there right. that do this better <laughs> right right it, it doesn't it does it i mean i don't know but there's obviously it's obviously attracted you know what i mean like a large massive woman I well our audience our audience was, there, was I, I can only count the other men in the audience the lady in the back, uh, I mean, everything was just... The lady in the back, the teenagers was, right what? behind us. Oh, girl. The, the teenager behind us, did you them? Oh, my God. Can you believe the way he looked oh at her? I was God. like, whoa. Oh. And anytime he could say anything. I mean, the most <laughs> the, I mean, the most flippant, like, dismissive romantic line. She's oh. It's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, you know... No. This is, the scene where she scares off the lady who's remodeling their home or something. Yeah. Like, the audience went yes, crazy. Queen. Oh, she, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, but... It, 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 I mean, like I said, but that you have that that reaction from the audience. I mean, there's obviously they've struck. A, I mean, they've they've tapped into something that is appealed to people. I can't figure it, it out. It Feels like a, an, an extension of the Twilight thing, which again, yeah. which especially in the slightly age, slightly older Twilight generation demographic. Yeah, no, I think because it, it does feel like it is Twilight for for slightly older women or right. women who have aged up a little bit. Although I'll say. The number of women who were probably 50, 45 and up in our theater was pretty real, too. Like, there was, just, I mean, right. pretty shocking. Like, it right. wasn't just teenagers or right. college students. It was definitely an older demographic as well. Right. See, I keep comparing it to, like, uh, say, the the evolution of Taylor Swift's career, for example. She just had a new, she just had this new album reputation. And, you know, it's like, it seems like um, here you have the first three singles where she is, like, like, look at me, I'm edgy. See, I'm rapping on this track and whatever, you know, like it just seems kind of, you know, it seems a little forced. You're like, oh, okay, so the, the whole line now that's kind of become in pop culture, now the whole like, you know, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead. You know, but then you listen to the other, the rest of the songs and it's like, actually, she can't come to the phone. This is still Taylor. This is Taylor from the, this is, this is the <laughs> same, this is the same two albums I've before this, you know, but, you know, it feels like it's trying, you know, to um to kind of force a sort of like a a tone that doesn't really fit any of the rest of the of you know it's like it's competing with it being both this kind of saccharin you know sweet syrupy kind of teen rom-com and then it's like oh but look there's this 
you know, R-rated sex in it. So now it's an adult film. It's like, but it, it was some pretty vanilla R-rated sex too. I agree. I mean, honestly, like I thought oh, I was here oh, for vanilla, a show. Vanilla, you mean like the flavor of the ice cream that they put all over? Uh, you, this, clearly, this it was literally. a callback because <laughs> 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 they knew. They knew. <laughs> they knew. So Chelsea, what do you? What do you make of this kind of weird phenomenon? Do you have any any thoughts on it at all? Especially like in the age of like Wonder Woman and like woman and like female empowerment. Right. Like there's this weird. Right. It seems like there's. It seems and I'm not. I'm, it, it, to, as a, an observer, it seems while there's this also this awesome females taking over pop culture, which is mm-hmm. kick ass and I love it. But at the same time, it, there's this like weird desire to be subjugated and i'm like not really i'm really confused about it <laughs> yeah oh, i i um please speak for all women right? yeah because yeah, you for speak for all, all women, women. <laughs> oh yeah. that's a tall order um <laughs> oh good honestly i think the the attraction on i had like a three hour long text message conversation with my best friends about this like exact thing yesterday <laughs> and apparently it all boils down to um the, they get they got to fix their man you mm. know they they mm. they brought him around they've they've cured him of his ale you know he's all of his little issues and things and so they've they've changed the man mm. they've made the man what they want him to be and i guess which i guess that that's what happened in these movies but yeah. <laughs> i don't know I, I think so I, I mean again i haven't seen the first two but right. it, it seemed to me like she was addressing his like because they were they got married in this one so obviously their relationship was amped up mm-hmm. right. and it seems like she's trying to kind of clue him in on hey this is what it's like to be married now you've got more responsibilities to me. right but like and that's almost like the Anastasia of the first movie mm-hmm. might have been a woman that would have changed the man, but mm. the Anastasia of two and three was not. And mm. I, I think that goes back to the production team mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. well, the first movie versus the other two was very different. Um, and they definitely tried to make Anastasia more of like, and that empowered woman that's, you know, active in her relationship is saying like, these are things that work. These are things that don't work for me. And like having that conversation, but later on she became very passive and it was not, a great female um she became bella she literally became, became i was yeah bella. she became bella <laughs> and i do i mean uh, obviously being a certain distance from the novel i'm not i mean obviously i'm not as versed in the little nuances of the different characters <laughs> nuance i'm sure there's oh, i'm sure you associate I'm nuance sure, with the movie i'm sure there's no nuance in it but the nuance of the ice cream drizzling down her leg right i'm sure it was i'm sure it was you know explained in explicit detail um many adjectives but it apparently just, i heard that she can give um our friend george rr R. martin a run for the descriptions well that's that's a tall order <laughs> damn is, don't say that that makes I me know. actually tempted to I'm go just, and read them because it's very Jay, descriptive th- that's impressive because george rr martin has like some of the best prose that's mm. Sidebar after the recording because <laughs> I could right. talk about Game of Thrones and George. Well, I'm not day. saying pros. I'm just saying long descriptions. Long descriptions. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, long descriptions. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Laurent, I'm just very really confused about the about the whole phenomenon. But I, I do think you guys raise a good point. It's like a and especially to a certain demographic where women are typically in a more supportive domestic role. This is like a certain a certain way to view empowerment, like within that context is is that there was some debate leading up to it, like about whether this was going to be like very, a very disgusting representation of women, like being kind of, you know, uh, objectified to some extent. Mm -hmm. And it does still do that. But I guess in the novelization of it, it's supposed to show that she's, you know, asserting herself and that she's not going to be the victim in this relationship. And that, Obviously, in the very in the first one, there's a huge 
uh, scene whenever the two of them are consenting to all the things that she's going to allow him to do. And that was important, too, obviously. Because yeah, well, because in this film, I mean, again, I, and I, I knew that was part of the premise was the whole, you know, uh, BDSM sort of thing. Right. Uh, so I, that was a surprise. They don't explain that in this movie at all. They, they remind you a couple times, like, hey, do you remember your safe word? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I know that I knew that was kind of part of the premise of the first of the series. So it's kind of a lay that she is definitely on board with. And she's very consensual. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I guess, that is that obviously would be very important considering the things that are done in it. But I don't know. It just I feel like the sex just feels like an afterthought. That's the problem. It doesn't. Which is, it's it doesn't, an afterthought, but it also makes up a majority of the screen of the time screen of the movie. Play. Right. Exactly. So every time it happens, it doesn't feel organic. It feels forced. It feels like this is something that we're throwing in there. You know what I mean to make this boring story more interesting yeah. you know so i don't know but. so i get that that actually takes me into my next question laron does it live up to the rep, uh does it live up to the reputation is the sex good sex what do you think chelsea laron i I'm, I'm seeing a lot of like shrugging going on right now it's overproduced it's highly stylized and it feels um it's it's lacking human agency. Like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel raw or honest. It feels very feels much, like it's made in a factory. It feels mm-hmm. very yeah. It, it was very played out. Like you know, they barely started touching each other, and they're like moaning and like writhing around in the bed. And I'm like, <laughs> you have just touched like each other. You're nowhere even close to that. Right. Sit this, down. This did not happen. <laughs> See, that's where it feels like porn all of a sudden. You know what yes. I mean? Like where it's like really amped up for no reason, and it's you're like, wait, this is not how it goes. Yeah. Oh. Um. I mean, they were very pretty people, but uh, I I do Laurent. That's the weird thing. I actually kind of I I agree with you. There's something weirdly clinical about it, despite yeah. it's supposed to be f- the opposite of clinical. It's, mm-hmm. That's supposed to be the real draw. It's like well, she looks like a model emotional. the entire time. It's like it's like every cliched sex scene in any movie that you've no, ever every watched. single one right. every there I, that was the thing the number of cliches there was there was a scene where christian gets in the shower and does his whole like emo i hate life i'm gonna stand in the shower and so the camera can look at my abs while they're wet for like five minutes and then she's the, she's like wait what can i do oh i don't want to talk to you and then they yeah. can have sex like it's like okay yeah. um yeah no no totally. they didn't just have sex he had his jeans on those were important. Oh, that's oh, true. That, those, those were the jeans. red room jeans. The red, that's, that's, that's right. If you, you do not wear the red room jeans outside of the red room, okay? Right. right. Mm. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't know. It, it feels clinical to me. It, Chelsea, you have any thoughts on whether effective or not? Or I definitely would agree with the clinical description. And it just goes back. The first movie, I was really pleasantly surprised at how she was portrayed and how the sex scenes were portrayed. The first movie was a i wouldn't call it a decent movie but it wasn't a movie that i hated my life walking out of it was a movie it was a movie it was a movie where this feels just like a again i don't like using the pornography works i feel like that's i feel like that's a very condescending way to talk about this film but like i'm really trying to break it down and look at it it's like a really bad porn yeah and not bad and not god not bad because like it's bad it's bad because it doesn't understand what it is what it is and, yeah. and it doesn't like play to that thing mm-hmm. so it feels like weirdly if we're yeah. it's it feels disjointed tonally inconsistent and then when yeah. the sex happens you're like this makes me feel which, like really disconnected which, from what's going on right now and the sex wasn't even super important or else we wouldn't have had this pretty honeymoon right. montage of all of the pretty locations we would have had a sex montage you know what this movie was really 
That's a good point, actually. I'm glad you brought that up, Chelsea, because this movie made me want to do one thing. Go freaking ride jet skis. Anyone else want to ride jet skis after this movie? I wanted to. I was all in. Jet ski 2018. Well, I don't want to eat vanilla ice cream anymore. Uh, no. no. Next time I eat a pint of ice cream, I'm just gonna, and every time I, next time I look at a pint of ice cream, I'm just going to have flashbacks. Was that scene not awkward? Oh, God. It was so awkward. It's supposed to be sexy. I know what they were trying to do. I know what they were for, trying to do. It wasn't sexy. It felt very, like, I was like, Gross. Okay. Okay. Sticky. You're so like, you know what? Me is in the next room. Spoilers Sorry. for a sex scene in this movie. What, what's her name? Even remind me. Remind Anastasia. Me. Anastasia. <laughs> exactly. Anastasia <laughs> finds out that Christian has been doing some naughty things, uh, naughty things, and uh, it makes her uncomfortable. So she start, starts having nightmares because she's worried about her ex coming back. Right. And so she wakes up in the middle of the night and goes, and of course, like any woman who, uh, any self-respecting woman in her 20s who's a supermodel, uh, goes and eats ice cream, a pint of ice cream at like 1 a.m. or something. And Christian finds out about it. And she's just eating it. And then all of a sudden, she's like, it, they take the spoon and start rubbing it. it, he ta- it <laughs> Christian takes the spoon and rubs it all over her body. Yeah. I know what they're going for. It's There's fine. a weird kinky thing they're going for here, but it's not working. It, right. it, it no. is. It, I was grossly uncomfortable, and not because it was sex, but because it was like so bad. Yeah. And like I say again, bad not in the sense of like, oh, it's like cheesy. Bad as in like it didn't work. Like it didn't right. sell me on the romance at the moment or anything. Yeah. And it's one of these films where like the, the... Meet the Fockers has a great sex scene where they're eating food <laughs> off each other. This was not it. This is not. The I can buy people eating food off of each off of their loved ones, but <laughs> right. come on. Well, and, and the bad reviews for this film do, do absolutely nothing for its box office sales. Because, like, this one right here is sitting at 11%. And I know it's going to make a bazillion dollars this weekend. Well, because so, the audience who goes out to this doesn't care about that. Doesn't care. They, they didn't care about the Twilight movie, the reviews for the Twilight movies. They care about two things. Do I like the books? I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. And what do my friends think? Mm-hmm. Those are the two big things. So if they're friends with like-minded people who like saw the movie, they're going to go ahead and see it. They're going to go see it with their friends. Right. I know um, I can't speak to the Fifty Shades, but I do know like at, for Twilight, like I had friends who would take their moms to go and see it together, which right. was really bizarre to me. I can't even watch those movies with my parents as a 25-year-old. Like I'm like, I'm going to have to leave. Bye. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just awkward. <laughs> you know, and kind of just throw out there we're talking about Twilight. You know, I one of, the first, one of the first films uh, I reviewed, uh, like got paid to review back mm-hmm. in 2012, was Breaking Down Part Two. And let me say that was also a final <laughs> entry that I had little context for, other than uh, yeah, half of the first film in Eclipse. Yeah. So I hadn't seen Part One of Breaking Dawn. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I it was inter- I had seen like part of one. You jumped right to Vampire to- Baby. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. Right to Vampire Baby, but. <laughs> At least that one had a really cool epic battle sequence where I was like, whoa, I didn't know that was in the book. Oh, it wasn't. But it was really cool. It was really cool. I was like, <laughs> I, I, like this movie, there wasn't like any surprises. There. Let's talk a little bit about the actual experience because clearly this movie was not made for us, which is fine. That's fine. It's totally fine. But man, our audience was eating this stuff they, up. They ate everything up. Like the ice cream. They liked the ice cream mm. scene. They liked the ass. I don't know if they liked, liked the it. Abs, Honestly, but... there was a lot of awkward laughter in the auditorium during that one. <laughs> During the, the ice cream one? Yeah. I should have been taking notes on, on which scene. I thought about make, taking a tally of how many reactions I got until I realized, oh, God, it's like every two minutes. My favorite was when that – there was that terrible pun when um, 
<laughs> whenever girlfriend. Anastasia's co-worker oh says, God. man, that security guard's so hot. Yeah. And and she's like, yeah, sorry, he's taken. She's like, oh, I, don't worry. I think we can find an opening for him here. Clearly alluding to her, you know. <laughs> but you know what? That's It's it's moments, fleeting moments like that where it's, or, or that's the, what this should be. That's yes, what this should right. be. That, no, you're right. You're this right. This is what this movie should that be. That was at least kind of, inter- okay, that caught me off guard. I was like, It's because oh, it was ridiculous, but yeah. it was kind of self-aware of itself. Yeah. And like everything else, it's like you get to the dramatic scenes and they're really dramatic. But not soap opera dramatic. We're going for drama dramatic. Yeah. And it's no, that's yeah. not what this is. I'm yeah. sorry. I know the writer's probably very, you know, uh, devoted to her words and her story and the concept and everything, but that's not how this translates on camera. And one of the carnal issues I had with initially was the the two characters aren't interesting. That's the, like you ask yourself about Jamie Dornan's character, Mr. Gray, you're like you know, I didn't know he was an orphan until the last scene of the movie. Uh, granted, I know I didn't see the first two see films. The first two, yeah. Whoa, that that plot there was a plot, plot twist, twist at the end. I was like, what? This is the dumbest plot twist. I- Write a one-page paper about who Mr. Gray is. You can't do it because there's not enough. You know what I mean? There's there's just very little there. You know, you could you could sum him up in one sentence. You know, I mean, Anastasia maybe a little bit. He's more. Dream Boy. He's he's, dream he's boy. millionaire with he's a millionaire. he's a he's got a troubled past. He's a millionaire. Who cares about you? There's not, Even if he doesn't know how to express it. You don't want to know anything else about them. The only And when they're apart, the movie is just suffers. When they're together, it's like, here's an opportunity for something. that, And they, they still miss it. Because Edward. Yeah, he's he Edward is. Cullen. He's well, Edward he Cullen. He is Edward Cullen. Um, well, slightly thank rapey. You, thank you for the right. Slightly rapey. Well, at least they're married in this one because. Fair. She, <laughs> like when she wants again, to go consent, out and have. Consent, consent. But like, like when she wants to go out and have a drink with her friend, like he's like, no, you can't do that. And, and then her security guard's like, no, you can't do that. And she does it anyway. <laughs> he air quotes punishes her in the bedroom or sorry the red room uh when she they really didn't spend that much time in the red room though for it being a, it the like three starring scenes. role of the series that was what yeah. it's known for i think it was in like three scenes maybe it was its yeah, own maybe. character in the first one and now it's just like you know oh it's still there but it's like kind of like you know all the she got really, she got they're really, kind of there she got really mad honestly at- just the last 30 minutes of 50 shades darker <laughs> mm. <laughs> Extend, like a, extended for an hour and four. Sounds like minutes. another movie featuring. Well, actually, no. I was thinking about the Hobbit, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, don't hate on the Hobbit. Hate I'm on. here for that. I, I like uh, part three. Should have been part two, but I digress. Mm. Another conversation. That's its own podcast. That's a different it is one. Podcast. That it has. I got a ten page paperweight for you on Ooh, that one. I'll read it. <laughs> Send it on over. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, do you think this film does anything at all? afford romance even even no. as a cultural phenomenon i think it regresses the romance genre as Agreed. a valid genre that women or even men are going to go watch you know like going back we have outlander that is you know award nominated has you know these great actors these great set pieces just really great production and then you have this dumpster fire that <laughs> it just regresses the entire genre yeah sets it back I no, I don't think it does either. Um, I did a I did a blog, you know, some time back whenever the first film came out after I just watched it, comparing it to the Magic Mike films. Mm. Um, that's a good. That's an interesting comparison. Well, because yeah. I mean, like they have the same people are going to the movies for the same reasons. You right. know, they're going like, okay, they're selling the sex of these stories. But the difference is with the Magic Mike films is that you know they actually respect women. You know what I mean? They have, I mean, there's a lot of it is coming from their gaze. You know, a lot of it is very respectful. I seriously think Magic Mike oogles the male. I, even It's so weird. It's made by Steven Sodenberg, who's a man, but it oogles the male body 
like yeah. infinitely more than this film did. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's bizarre. Right, it is weird. It doesn't it, really objectify the women in those stories, and those movies are made for. I mean, I would say they're made for women, essentially. I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can. I mean, you and I could watch them, of course. But I mean, I mean, I, I, so, Sodenberg, I'm here for it. Right, <laughs> here, here, here. Yeah. I mean, and the first Magic Mike, you know, was all of its dramatic fare, and then the second one, the strippers convention. But these these Fifty Shades movies, honestly, are just another piece of why things that women like are perceived as less mm. mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they are that this is trash and that it's women don't like things with substance Yeah, because that's the perception when right. things like this exist. Mm-hmm. That's a good point because that's a really unfair thing to say, but whenever you see stuff like this or twilight make lots of money and that, and that's the thing too. And, that, and it's been interesting just talking to a lot of my uh, my my uh, some of my coworkers who are really women who love these books, and and some of my friends who are women who have gone out and seen the films. And it's weird because the people who like this stuff also like a lot of other great things that I like. Like, like their taste is very good and refined. So it's 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 fascinating to me though because I think Chelsea, I I, I tend to really I, I like how you, you put that. It does feel like it regresses the genre because I think Outlander is a great example of something doing something really cool that's telling a really compelling romance from a woman's perspective that also is really engaging as a guy. I, I like the uh, the three episodes of Outlander I've seen are actually really cool. I'm mm-hmm. also a sucker for time travel stories, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I'm like I'm into that. I'm mm-hmm. there for it, and I want to root for women romance stories, but I don't want to root for stuff like this. I don't know if this movie is insulting its audience intentionally, but it's definitely insulting its audience. Yeah. It's like it's not quite to the Michael Bay. You know how Michael Bay uh, blockbuster films yeah. insult their audiences. Not only is it making a bad movie, they're just throwing it in your face how stupid it is yeah. on a fundamental level. I mean, Fundamentally, like, on every could, level. I mean, the dialogue. I mean, literally. I mean, the cliches. Like, I mean, beat for beat. I mean, you know, we know where these things are going. Right. Like, there's not. Well, and they're and they're putting it in your face like, ah, oh, bet you guys will be so stupid to buy this weird sort of pedophilia re- relationship in the fourth one. It's like, whoa! If you think about that for two seconds, but it still makes a billion dollars, mm-hmm. so it's, they don't care. And and that's the thing about Michael Bay. You can, especially when you look back on his r- body of work, you can see that just he really doesn't like his audience. Yeah, and he likes to kind of put it in their face like, oh, you're really, you guys are so dumb. You like Transformers? I can't believe it. This feels not quite that malicious. Yeah, Maybe it's not it's, egregious. It's more, it's it's not not egre- it's more un- unintentional, but it still feels like it's being insulting to its audience. Yeah, it definitely is. And maybe, but maybe, the audience maybe, doesn't get that it's insulting them. Maybe, at least on the films. I can't speak to the novels, but right. the films, it's talking, oh, you guys will just accept whatever, whatever shit with their at you because it's cool, it's sexy, it taps into that. It's tapped into that thing. Mm-hmm. But like, just because you tap into that thing, I would argue as a storyteller, that gives you more responsibility to tell a more compelling story right. that's that's actually doing productive things with that energy you've tapped into okay. or that passion you've tapped into versus just throw sh- garbage at it and hope people and just expect people to eat it up eat, eat it right. up yeah and I, how much of that goes back to the production team when you have the author of the book her husband is the one writing the screenplays for this Ugh. right Conflict of interest. Ugh. So, aka, she's writing the screenplay for this, so she's not going to move from her source material. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's a panel of one woman and her husband that have now said this is what women like. Right. Mm. Whereas, if it was an actual studio mm. project that was saying, like, there would be a group of screenwriters saying, "Hey, let's yeah. focus this away from here." Because it's a different medium, you know. Right. Like once you once you put it on the silver screen, you have a broader audience that, that you you know that you're trying to tap into because they want to capitalize on how they can sell this. And that's why I wish that she had relinquished some power because basically, I keep saying like you know like with the first one wasn't terrible. 
You know what I mean? Like you said, it was still a movie. You know what I mean? There were things there that I was like, okay, not great. I mean, maybe they'll improve on it. Maybe they'll, maybe mm-hmm. they'll. There's advance. a cohesive narrative, and the right. actors are doing good. Right. There was something to. There was something to build off of at least. And I feel like they're missing every opportunity to sell this as because this. I kept saying this is soap opera. This should be high camp these I actors just, should be hamming it up and like every moment like this should, i mean i mean because at least if it was self-aware of it of what it was then i can enjoy it and not feel like it's like they're just shoving this down my throat you know right <laughs> no I, I just really wish this movie was what it was marketed as if it was it, i think it would even connect because the trailers are great they they oh that looks slick that looks polished that looks like something i and then you watch it and it's actually just it's tepid. It's it's like you know what I mean, like the suspense free. It's you know, I mean it it just it just it's flat tonally. It doesn't it doesn't it never peaks. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. nothing exciting about it. You know? <laughs> oh, I, I, ha- I hate peaks. to keep driving home the point that it's not even a whole movie. It's not even the whole book. Yeah, it's. So it's stretched then. So already. it's already like like Three they've pa- stretched this so far that it's you you don't ever peak in this movie because technically. It is the peak. <laughs> so okay, wait, wait. wait. So, uh, God, the puns, the guys. The whole series. Um, so is this not an adaptation of the third book? This is an adaptation of Fifty Shades Freed. Okay, but the entire series is yeah. one book. It, oh, it's still oh, it's oh, 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 Twilight. It's, it's a Twilight book. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. They, 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 yeah, they. I see what you're saying now. Segmented into three books, but it's really one book. One book. So I could sell you three books and get tri- triple the profit. Then I can. Well, just and it was like a freaking novel. massive hit too. I mean, I haven't read the I haven't read the novels. I'm not going to speak don't down do about it. them, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, like, at least Twilight, a series I also don't like. At least that was trying trying to do something really imaginative and cool and and smart. And I think it fails on nearly every level. But at least there was that intention there. And even using things like vampires to shake up the mythology. Again, I things I don't agree with typically, but at least it was trying for something. This feels, again, the premise seems pretty lazy. Yeah. And the execution of this film alone, that's all I have to go off of. Well, we have talked <laughs> way more about this movie than it probably deserves. But <laughs> guys, this has been a, a fun time. Before we wrap up, let's go ahead and just give recommendations for it. Recommendation system. Uh, we here on the cinematic schematic when we do reviews, uh, we don't like number scores, but we do like to tell people how to spend their money um, if they're going to spend it on this film. So we have you can go ahead and purchase it, buy it when it comes out on home video. That could be digitally, that could be on Blu-ray, whatever the case may be. Full price it VIP section. Go to the go to like some sort of balcony full-blown experience i uh, get a matinee self-explanatory uh is it stream worthy when it hits netflix hulu amazon or is this totally just hot garbage that needs to be trashed not seen by anyone chelsea we'll start with you i'm honestly waffling between two choices here you can mm. either trash it or you can go see it full price Whoa. because you honestly need the audience interaction like the audience That's reactions fair. to watch this movie that's a good point that's a good point because yeah. i mean i wouldn't i part I, of it I'm glad I saw it in the the packed house audience mm-hmm. like we did, rather than seeing it with like five people in the room. Because like at least we would, that we I felt the energy, like yeah. I felt the energy of and the passion and exactly. the enjoyment of other people. Even we would have just been there, like rolling our eyes. I would have fallen asleep. We'd honestly, probably- <laughs> no joke. And I don't fall asleep in movies, but that probably would have happened. Yeah, LeBron, how about you? Um, okay, so. I mean, I feel like the the targeted demographic for this are going to go see it anyway, so I have no influence over. Yeah, this. the targeted demographic is not <laughs> but, listening to our podcast. But, but that being know. said, for the average moviegoer, or you know, if somebody was going to see, this, I would say stream it because 
I think that it's still worth seeing to be a part of the discourse, you know, surrounding this phenomenon, if for nothing else, to try and, you know, you know, fight through the noise and try and figure out why it is so important to this many people. Um, and even if it's problematic, I say I learned the best things from from terrible movies of what not to do with certain storylines and certain ideas. So um, this is one of those examples. I think that this is how you don't do, you know, adult adult fiction romance. So, I mean, but, you know, that's just me. I mean, I think it's a good point. You learn the best lessons from really crappy films. It's not you're not wrong. But I'll also say, guys, there's a lot of movies out there. <laughs> there's a lot of movies out there to see. And, you know, I. Laurent, I actually res- I'm glad I saw this because I hadn't seen the other films, but I do not wish this film upon an average film goer. <laughs> um, but I do think as a critic, as critics though, yeah. as people who do consume a lot of film and write about it and are actually trying to figure out what does this say about our culture, where we're at, how women perceive this, how men perceive like as a cultural artifact, mm-hmm. I think it's worth looking at from that perspective. So for people who are into looking at that, I think you raise a good point. That's worth a stream. Yeah. But for literally anyone else, anyone at all, anyone, even women, please respect yourselves. Respect yourselves Love a little yourself. more. Love yourself. Go watch Magic Mike. Go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Instead, I would recommend Magic Mike. Exactly. And Magic Mike XL. Yeah. Or XXL. 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 Okay. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We we don't like this movie, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, Chelsea says maybe it's a cool uh, movie-going experience. And Laurent say, and I say, well, if you're into studying culture, Maybe a cool cultural artifact, but otherwise this thing is a hot garbage and do mm-hmm. not waste your time. Before we wrap the show, Chelsea, thanks so much for joining us for the first time today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me again. No problem. So where can people find you or keep up with you uh, if they want to read more of your work? Yeah, so you can check me out on geekgirlfeatures.com or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm just Cinephile Chelsea. Uh, follow, you know, interact with me, movies, TV, pop, pop culture, Current events. We'll even talk some politics. Politics are fun. I always love your retweets of the AP. Uh, Laron, how about you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter under my name, Laron Chapman. Or if you want to follow my film, you can go to facebook.com slash youpeoplemovie. And you can always find me on uh, Twitter at CMastersTalk. Again, that's at letter C Masters Talk. Tweeting about films, uh, sometimes television, sometimes video games, sometimes Trying to stay away from politics as best I can, but it's inevitable. It breaks through sometimes, mostly yes. onion articles. Especially now. Yeah. I just like to be in the middle of all of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I Yeah. Oh, man. Mm, <laughs> I've got days where I want to be. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can also follow me on Letterboxd uh, and Instagram at cmasters91 uh, if you want to hear some of my quick high-level thoughts. Or you can go ahead and head on over to thecinematropolis.com to read long-form essays about things we talked about today. Uh, we were really interested at The Cinematropolis in breaking down films, not just giving it a review, but also breaking down, hey, what is this movie about? What does it say about our culture? Kind of like Ron and I were talking about. Um, This month, we are talking about Twisted Romances, which is the only reason we're getting a review (laughs) of Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, But Twisted Romances, I know we've got a great essay about the fly out from Christopher Schultz that just dropped this week. Um, We've got, uh, by the time this post, we should be looking at it. uh, We've got another one for The Lobster dropping this week. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. a lot of really good stuff. Um, So I hope you'll check us out. Again, that's thecinematropolis.com. Or you can follow The Cinematropolis on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Cinematrop. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to this special episode of The Cinematic Schematic. We will catch you again at the later at the end of the month when Laron and I take a look at Phantom Thread. Until next time. <laughs>